Gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. We are glad that you are with us as we get started. A friendly reminder that nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official statement of doctrine or belief of any particular school, church, or calling body. We are not affiliated with any particular school, church, or calling body, and that everything we say here is simply the belief or opinion of the man who states it and nothing more. Let's get started with the show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. Are you talking about with copyright? Yeah. Well, it, like, like, I couldn't play that right now if I wanted to. Right. Yeah. Because then yeah. you'd have to well, You could for like that. seven seconds or something like that before oh, YouTube actually? picks it up. Oh. I mean, technically, even that seven seconds is legal. You just won't get it taken off of YouTube for that. <laughs> just like you can go on like iTunes and listen to 30 seconds of a song. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. Because yeah. I got to make some kind of profit off of it. Well, because at that point, it's just advertising. And so that's why it's okay to talk about the songs and the artists. And yep. you can even like read the lyrics and it, keep advertising for a boy Kanye yeah yeah Jesus is king yep hey Kanye if you ever want to be on <laughs> oh my God. yeah okay so hold on on the for real though he was, was doing, pretty he dope. was doing free he was doing free like concerts and stuff a year ago that's true so I don't see why you can he's got a little on his plate now oh yeah he's got a little he extra on his plate now or whatever well, aren't they getting divorced well, yeah, but everybody was like, oh, him and I mean, that's a, that's really a surprise when I mean, he becomes, if he really is Christian, which I think he is. I don't think Kardashian It's a huge lifestyle shift for, yeah, the, yeah, for yeah. his yeah. wife. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. she went, Well, all of her money is made off of her non-Christian living. Basically. Oh, yeah. You know, well, and really, well, his and is same too. with him. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. initially, but then, right. you know, Jesus the King definitely blew up. And, and it's a cool blessing. It it's a cool blessing that he's been able to spin into more profit. Right. But... It's not necessary. So we've got (laughs) tonight. We've got the man, Gustav Wentz, heir to the Russian throne. And uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, My name is Ben Reckley. All right. Um, Who are you, Ben? Tell us a little about yourself. So I'm studying to be a pastor right now at MLC. Um, I'm in my senior year. yeah, that's all that's really interesting to know about me right now. But um, I'm engaged. He's, he's an incredibly boring person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're engaged. I am. Okay, yeah. that's exciting. When are you guys getting married? This summer, June this 18th summer. is the date. All right, that's exciting. And none of us yeah. are invited. Very cool. Very cool. And what's your name, brother? Uh, my name is Nathaniel Brower. I'm a junior at MLC. I met this guy, freshman year. Great guy. Yeah. Hang out a lot. First freshman, first freshman year. Yeah. First freshman year. Yeah, first <laughs> I should, I should specify. Okay, to be fair, this isn't a second freshman year either. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know. All right, before we get started, today's podcast is sponsored by Beer Beer General Beard Oils. Gusto hasn't grown any facial hair. Well, I, I don't know you if you got to get those likes to get me to do it. I don't it. know if I even want to see it, though. Oh. But if you want to see Gus grow out his facial hair, like this video. And we'll see what happens. We can get 50, 50 on likes. video. Mm. Gus will grow out his facial hair. 
and the world might you end. You know what? The day that but, happens is going to be like, yeah. we're all moved on. It's true. That's probably we're true. A, we are bastards at that point. Yeah, it might be true. <laughs> Who knows? You never know what's going to happen. Uh, but, so my personal favorite is, uh, this is, here, go ahead, try it. Just Give take a little, Give take a little small. dab of it. This is my favorite one. It's deep in the woods. But take mm. a little dab, just a little dab, and yeah, show them. Show them. Okay, yeah. Oh, these right. guys don't know. They don't beer so, oil it up. You just take a. You don't want much. You just want a little tiny bit. Just one drop or two. You'd think they'd put those like droppers Boom. on, like they mm. do for essential. They do oil. on some. I actually kind of like not having it. And then yeah. you. And then you two you just put your, it in there. Get your beard down and... from behind your mic so people can see <laughs> Your little soul patch there, yeah. Oh my gosh, come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, there we go. So yeah. I love I love the way this one smells. Yeah, you got the same one. Oh, man, this smells good. Doesn't this smell great? Mm, That's the one we're putting on. And he's got the, he's got the uh, whiskey barrel. And there's all kinds of other ones. And Nate's actually working on different ones, too. But you can find Brigabeer General mm. Beard Oil and Supplements on sites.google.com forward slash Brigabeer General. Nailed it on the first time. Nice. Or you can find him on Facebook at Brigabeer General. Um, good nice stuff. And he's been on the show a bunch of times. We'll get him on again. He's another good deep voice. Uh, we're not faking this, by the way. That's his real voice. It's real. It's, it's real. <laughs> it's real. That's how he got the girlfriend, right? Or the fiance. Yeah. She was like, ooh, she heard that voice and it was over, right? Yeah. All right, so today we're talking about books that bring us closer to Jesus. And I love reading. I haven't been able to do as much reading now that I'm a student again, unfortunately. Um, but I have done a lot of reading and continue to enjoy it, continue to find time for it. Um, and one of my big joys is discovering books that I can share with other people. I'm one of those notorious book giveawayers, you know, mm. where I have my favorite book and then I would give it away so often I just got to keep buying it. Um, but uh, I guess that's where the conversation starts, fellas, is... Do you have any, besides the Bible, which are obviously advocates of reading the Bible, read your Bible every day. It's more but, important than these books. That we're oh, yeah, well, most definitely. 100%. I think the most thing definitely. Reading extra, your Bible is yeah. not extra. Right. These books are all extra. Yeah. That's, I think, where If anything, start. they might give you a deeper understanding of the Bible. Yeah. Maybe. But even yeah. then, you just read the Bible more and you'll gain that deeper yeah. understanding. Yeah. It's weird. Holy Spirit's awesome. He is. So I actually, when I work out, I like to listen to audiobooks. So I've got five audiobooks that I just keep on loop all the time. It's uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, um, Rise of the Servant Kings by, oh boy, I can't remember. Rise of the Ser I can't remember his name. Um, and then, uh, oh, yeah, I'm, oh, Ken Harrison wrote Rise of the Servant mm -hmm. Kings. Um, Tender Warrior by Stu Weber, um, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, and what was the last one? There's one more. No, there isn't one more. I just I used to I used to rotate through. So I have four that I listen to all the time, and I always add a fifth. Um, and those are just always I listen to them constantly because they're books about Christian manhood that remind me of who I want to be. Uh, do you guys have any books that you go back to over and over and over again that you just always are reading? Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for nothing will bring you back, back to Jesus to. like a little bit of witchcraft, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all trying to get a Masters of Divinity. That's basically being oh a wizard. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, dude. But, like, that was one of the first things, well, one of the things that my dad would talk to me about before I came out here to college. He was like, dude, you're going to be a wizard. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, okay, we're not actually going to be wizards. I just got to clarify that real fast. But, I mean, the terminology for the degree that we're, you know, going to school for definitely makes it sound a little mystical oh for sure and, you know awesome for sure it is the the true spiritual world though i mean we are going to hogwarts so. that's true the little city on a hill yep <laughs> but books though books. books that you books that you read over and over again you got any you guys um i personally don't have any that i've okay. i reread any that you time. want to 
That you wish you, you're just always thinking about, like, man, I wish I could get back into this one. So, actually, um, your Christianity is currently sitting on my Ooh. bedside shelf. Mm -hmm. um, my future brother-in-law actually gave it to me and suggested that I read it, so I'm hoping to get to that one. Um, just because I know C.S. Lewis, I know a little bit of his backstory and have read another book by his in English class. Which one is that? Um, the Great Divorce. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, that's, on, that's on my shelf and I haven't read that one sure, yet. Sure, so. sure, yeah. Yep. So we'll have to do a little... Yeah, you can do a book talk or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, Mere Christianity is an awesome one. It's a great place to start too and just oh, yeah. keep going back to it. Um, and it's I, that's what the word mere means is just like nothing more than pure Christianity. And he does a really good job of stripping away, like he even he intentionally avoids like the most, um, I don't know what's the word, controversial, controversial maybe, uh, topics and theologies and doctrines and things, and just says no. This is what Christianity is yeah. at its basis, at its core, that we can all agree on. Um, and he, like, right away in the intro, he's talking about the idea of, like, the Baptists said I didn't go far enough here, the Catholics said I didn't talk enough about works, you know, the uh, Methodists said I didn't talk enough about uh, sanctification, you know, and so if everybody disagrees with me, I must be somewhere close to right, you know. So it's a good place to start. How about you, Nathaniel? The book I've always wanted to look at is the Speaking Truth and Love series, and I've, just, I've okay. never gotten to it, too. I had the Speaking Truth and Love to Mormons on my shelf Ooh, all, all of yeah. all of last last school year and it stayed there because this thing called Greek just took over yeah. my yeah. life yeah. 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 Uh, so that's what that's what I'll, yeah Ann Groton's uh, alpha oh, like, no don't don't <laughs> no, no, touch it, it. No, it was all respect to Dr. Groton if you can avoid it do it <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's what it takes to become a master of humanity, okay? it is what it takes yeah. to be a wizard that's what it takes to be a wizard Sorry. so those are the Pouster books right uh, no. I, which I, one are the Paustian books? That's the more prepared to answer. Oh, okay. I will be reading through those because I've got them. With okay. Okay. Here. Are those the ones? That's the blue and the green one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I have both those. I haven't read them, but... Yeah. yeah I haven't read them either. Yeah. Every time I talk to him, he's like, in my book, and I go, who? I should oh, read yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So talk about the prepared to... No, yeah, prepared to answer, you said? Yeah, I'll get to those second half of the semester. Yeah, it's because we're doing with ACR. It's first first part of the semester, you're doing your chapel devotion. Second part okay. of the semester is the apologetics part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get to those, I'm sure, right away. Yeah. So, yeah I'm looking forward to awesome. it. Awesome. What's the, like, why? Why are you so excited about it? Oh, man, I've been wanting to do this since I was little. Okay. It's, it's just cool to finally be able to be here and be doing it, especially being here. Yeah. Well, doing be it. doing what? Studying to be a pastor. Okay, there we go. <laughs> we know that, but... They don't. I'm sorry. So you obviously get to choose what books you're going to read, right? So why the prepared to answer books? He assigned them. Oh, he assigned he them? He sign them. <laughs> oh, okay, well. No, <laughs> professor of some liberty Fine man. things. <laughs> that, but that is Paustian, right? That is Professor Paustian. Okay. Yeah, he was talking, he was bragging a little bit about that in his humble way last time he was on. It was like a week and a, week and a half ago. Through. Yeah, I saw, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gus, you got any books that you are always coming back to? Coming back to, um, I mean, there's, okay, so there's books that I've read that I always uh, say other people should read because I've read them. Not necessarily ones that I have come back to. Uh, one that I do want to go back to is called from uh, mm, Something to Dancing. It's from, it's by Mike Novotny. Oh, Dirty to Dancing? Yes. Uh, like sexuality. And yeah, the, well, it's the pornography. pornography That's one. what it's yeah. all about. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to come back to it because I feel like when I was reading it i just kind of rushed through it but that is a book that i've always wanted to go back to i have it back home i didn't 
bring it to school, but uh, that's a really good book. Um, one of the, like, I remember one of the, like, like to quote it, uh, right at the beginning, he's like, I'm about to say some stuff, and it's going to sting a lot. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and then, you know, he cuts deep into the issue of pornography. And, uh, yeah, that was very interesting. And so that was a very good book. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, go ahead. I think it's really refreshing, too, to have a pastor who's so open about his struggle oh, yeah. with it. Oh, yeah. Um, and being somebody who's struggled with it, too, very, I mean, at this point, fairly publicly, and mm-hmm. just saying, like, hey, like, this is an issue for right. almost, like, 80% of men in the church oh, admit yeah. to, at some point, having sought out porn, as well over 60% of men in the, in the church admit to regularly, meaning, like, at least once a month, seeking it out and yeah. using it. Right. Um, so it's an issue that needs to be talked about absolutely and not that we should destigmatize it and like make it not wrong but we need to not not normalize the commission of the sin but normalize the temptation maybe if that's or, like addressing i don't know if that's quite addressing it maybe? yeah i don't know that's like, kind of like definitely not the right wording but i like think you know alcoholics I mean. how yeah that's become more normal mm-hmm. where they can right. find groups and come forward yeah whereas it seems as though with sexual sin um it's a lot harder for people to find those groups that they can work through it with. Yeah, yeah. you know, easier to talk about. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, but yeah, that's one of the top books for me. Um, one and along that to interrupt you, oh, to, go to go along that path, uh, another one that on the same topic that I really liked. I honestly think I do genuinely think. Um, from Dirty to Dancing was a better book, but another one that kind of helped me on that path. I know he just kind of left the faith, but Joshua Harris wrote a book called uh, Sex Isn't the Problem, Lust Is, and he broke it down in a similar fashion where he's talking about how you know sex is a gift from God and treats it that way and explains, like, this is why God says treat sex the way he does, and with that in mind, then, you know, here's how we move forward as Christians, uh, which I really... I like that approach instead of just being like, sex is bad and don't have it until you're married. Right. Like that, that, That's not a helpful conversation for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really exploring what God's will is for us, recognizing that it is a blessing, that it just gets abused and misused and very often becomes something that controls us but is inherently good because God gave it to us as a gift. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. That's one of my go-to books. Uh, another one that <laughs> I brought along. Um, <laughs> of course, it's John. He's so, he's okay, what was that Mormon one that you just said? Speaking Truth and Love to Mormons. Okay, so I'm pretty sure that this is the follow-up book. So, I'm not 100% because, so, oh, you know what, I'll just pull it <laughs> So, Speaking Truth and Love is, uh, uh, so who did write it? Do you know who wrote it? So, if it's the same as this guy, Mark J. Cares. Mm, I no? can't remember, man. David Powelson? Is that right? Have you ever wondered how to be a more effective counselor? Have you ever looked for a better way to talk to difficult people? Does that sound right? Speaking truth and love is a blueprint for communication that strengthens community in Jesus Christ. It's green. <laughs> Does that sound right? I don't know. I might have been purple, but it's. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Mine was yellow, so there's a problem here. Right, well, okay. Uh, but anyway, so this book that I have right here is called God, the Ultimate Humanitarian. <laughs> um, this is one of the, so uh, my pastor gave this to me. This is kind of like a standard book, like um, when it came out, like it got, give, it got put in the mailboxes of everybody at the contribution. You know? Okay, yeah. Because why not? Right. Um, and uh, so this is kind of what he told me is the follow-up book to another one that I thought 
was the speaking truth and love to Mormons. Because this really breaks down how God is actually humanitarian because it gets stigmatized that, you know, he's just trying to mess everything up and, like, what he did didn't actually help anything. It's, you know, when, mm. in reality, that's not the truth, you know, that's not the truth at all. He did everything for us. And, uh, yeah, no, it was just a really good book. Uh, the issue for me when I was reading it, though, was I had a hard time figuring out the best way to section it up because uh, you could either go chapter by chapter, but there's a lot of, like, headers and stuff in it, too. So you oh, could go yeah. from header to header. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that's a really good way to lose track, weirdly enough, especially if you don't maintain a regular reading schedule. Mm -hmm. So uh, for all you people out there, if you ever, you know, end up getting this book called God the Ultimate Humanitarian, The Story of How God Keeps on Giving by Mark J. Cares, um, Try and do a chapter to chapter for sure. Um, it definitely breaks down Christianity in a very uh, uh, basic and modern way. Um, it's easy to read. That's the big thing because I feel like with books, so I got another book here. <laughs> well, so, along that token, also the uh, Pastor Vatney does a really good job of that too. Yeah, lots of he lots of Absolutely. headings and subtitles and lots of footnotes and things. Yeah. So this other book's called On Being a Christian: A Personal Confession by uh, Henry. Hammond? 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 Yeah? I say Hammond. Uh, looks we're we're sorry if, if you're listening. To <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, this is what it looks like. So these two books are kind of similar in the sense that they break down Christianity in a very um, easy way. Uh, the one thing I would say is this is more uh, like, I, I don't know, they're just both great books. But they kind of speak the same thing. And they give people a look at what Christianity actually is as simply as they can. Yeah. Um, this one definitely, the on being a Christian definitely delves deeper and goes into more specific topics. Like it doesn't, it doesn't just talk about God and the things he did for us. This talks a lot about the things that we practice, the doctrine that we believe and things like, things of that nature. So, uh, but yeah, both these are really good books. I don't know if you yeah, well, I think the other cool thing about books like this is that like, when you try and read, you know, like Walter or Luther or Lewis, yeah. sometimes it's just right. like slogging through this giant vocabulary and just, yeah. just trying yeah. to survive yeah. through the book, you know? Well, because one that I've always wanted to read is called The Screwtape Letters, right? Yeah. That's one of the CS so ones. I want to read that so bad, but from what I understand and from the first page that I read, <laughs> vocabulary is very not modern. Yeah. So it's a little difficult yeah. sometimes. I honestly, look up words. I <laughs> annotated that the way I annotate, like a uh, like when I'm reading a nonfiction text that I'm trying to like really break down. I annotated the screw tape letters the same way, and we did it as like a, a well, we were calling it. I don't remember what we started calling it, but it was three dudes that were skyping once a week to get through the book, right? And then one of their wives was like, oh, you guys are doing a book club. We're like, no, we're not. And she was like, well, you we're get Skyping. together. <laughs> you get together, you drink, and you have a book, and you talk about the book. You're having a book club. So then we, like, totally owned it and started calling a book club and would drink a bottle of wine and all that <laughs> and oh, just really geez. leaned hard into it. But we even, like, broke it down and had, like, a... Um, a Google document that we would share and put our oh, notes in it and awesome. like our favorite uh, quotes and all that kind of stuff and really broke it down and got into it especially during the first couple of months of COVID it was good to have something like that going on and then to have it be a C.S. Lewis book where we're actively talking about our faith and kind of growing in it together was cool too yeah um, yeah books that bring it closer <laughs> to Jesus guys yeah. speaking of to your point with like there's simplicity and then there's the books that are just on a higher level 
higher <laughs> level. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Cat <laughs> got my tongue. Um, any of you boys read Grace of Bones? Grace of Bones. By Daniel Deutschlander. I've heard of it. I've never read it. Yeah, I think it's, I've heard of that one as well. Uh, it's, it's pretty much taking the catechism, but then he expounds on it. And it, goes, okay. it goes not too deep, but deeper. Yeah. And I thoroughly suggest it. I've used it on a number of papers. It's like it goes deeper into the catechism, which goes catechism. deeper into God's Word. Okay. That's right. It's all about God's word. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, well, okay, talk about the catechism. What is the catechism for anybody that isn't aware? <laughs> well, for all of those uh, oh, you know, older people, this is what the catechism is supposed to look like. Now it's a lot smaller and dark blue. <laughs> yeah, I got so, both copies. Oh, I do too, but I mean, this is the OG, man. Well, I've got one of the old, like, leather-bound copies over oh, there. Oh, he's got these coming up. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yep. still the exact same words. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. From... Oh, wait, what? 60 years ago. <laughs> I was leaning too hard. 60? No, it's not. It was my mom's. And, oh. Well, it was, it was not 60 years ago. Sorry, Mom. It was not 60 years ago. <laughs> Good save. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Ben, give us some insight on catechism, my G. Do you want me to split it up into all the parts? <laughs> yes. Yeah, what are the six chief parts of the catechism, Ben? Uh, should I know this by memory? Yeah, you probably <laughs> should. Yeah, yeah. We've all been confirmed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, my well, I just remember sitting next to Ashley Watson during examination and they're like asking all the questions and everything and I don't remember what question it was I just remember getting the question and just freezing up and she would not tell me the answer she just kept elbowing me like your turn your turn I was like I don't know yeah. and she wouldn't tell me the answer I'm just sitting there and I don't remember what happened after that I just remember freezing and not knowing but you were in front of the congregation right oh yeah okay oh, so yeah. You guys did it in front of the con well, in front of the elders and voters, maybe not necessarily the whole congregation. Oh, I had it. Whoever wanted to come, yeah, for it was like a special. It was like questions. a special okay. event on a different night. Yeah. Okay, so I know. What did you have? We, we actually had ours just during the normal Sunday service. Oh, like both, the questions and stuff. Both services. Like when, like Jeopardy. Yeah. They did the Jeopardy in front of the church. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, that's hard. It's even more intense when your dad's the pastor. Yeah. Hey, yo. Yep. Yep. Well, my dad wouldn't even call on me. Oh, I'd really? have my hand up the whole time. I'd, I'd be pretty much the fallback guy, like, no, no, all right. Go, right, go ahead, answer this one. Yeah. Such a PK. <laughs> Such a yeah, PK yeah. complaint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't let me answer enough questions during examination. <laughs> I was trying to show off, Dad. But uh, something that I kind of want to share, right? Okay, so nowadays, they don't do any of at my church, anyway. I don't know if it's reached out here or if it's been like that out, been like this out here this whole time. But back home, now it's house visits of just pastor and the parents are there. Hashtag so it's COVID. So it's yeah. like, so, it well, no, it was before it was COVID. A joke. Okay, well, you can't do house visits during COVID. Mm. Well, not I mean, can. Like, was Montana. I don't know, but anyway, so they would do well. They would do house visits instead, and it would just be the pastor, your parents, and you know you. And nobody else. And it's like, no pressure at all. Like, I mean, I remember, you know, yeah. you have to do... You, we have should to do suffer it. like we did. Okay, well, I mean, not necessarily, right? But at the same time, it, it's like, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's almost like a one-on-one -on -one examination. I mean, I Except guess, it's in your own home. Right. I guess in that way, there's way more pressure, too. I, well, there's true. a different type of pressure. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm the only one. Oh, this is going to be weird. You know, whereas when you're in front of... The congregation, or in my case, I was in front of like the voters and my family, and then the other compromise yeah. families. Well, and as a teacher, the way we always build it was like we're not trying to trick you or embarrass you or whatever. Well, right. It's your opportunity to say to the congregation, like, "Hey, I'm ready to be a member of this church mm -hmm. yeah. you know, like, right. here, 
ask me some stuff and let me show you that I know and I'm prepared. It's not about like trying to like it's not like if you do poorly in the examination they're gonna be like, sorry bud, wait till next year. <laughs> right. You'd be like, no, he passed the test, he's yeah. good to go. But yeah, this is your demonstration to the congregation that hey, this kid has been prepared and he is ready to go. And from that perspective I think it's valuable. Um, and I mean, it is a rite of passage. It's an important part of, you know, becoming a, I, yeah. well, especially for boys, yeah. rites of passage are huge. Yeah. Well, and because I remember the one question that I couldn't answer, and we got, like, two uh, telephones, you know, like, we could do two calls into the, the voters oh, really? and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, man. so it was, like, it was Jeopardy. It was actually Jeopardy. Yeah, well, no, that's cool. Who wants to be a millionaire? Uh, something like that. And uh, I remember the question was, like, where in the, uh, Christian worship hymnal, uh, do you find um, the prayers that you can do before the service, after the service, baptisms, and like uh, communion? And the answer is page 11. But I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, redemption! I did it! But uh, I remember, like, that was the only question I couldn't answer. And I was like, Uncle Mike, help me out! <laughs> so, shout out to Mike Gellinger. Hey, oh. Uh, but yeah, and so I don't know. It's been ingrained in my mind because it was the only question I couldn't answer. But uh, no, that's not the. Oh, that's not Christian worship. That's in catechism. Oh, we never did say what the catechism is. So the catechism. Oh yeah. So sorry. Well, hey Ben was. Just go ahead. You're the senior man. You're supposed, yeah, to you're supposed to know all this stuff, that man. <laughs> I mean, essentially, it's you know everything we believe broken down into like teachable content. So yeah. it's broken down into six chief parts, which I can't remember. Why they're yeah, all in there. Really? You can yeah, the, open it up. Well, <laughs> Lord's Prayer is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Lord's Prayer. Uh, the Creed. The Creed. Use of the keys. Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. What two, else? Two sacraments. Sacraments. Baptism, Holy Communion. Um, anything hey, else? Nathaniel. It's got to be something down. else. Keys and Keys and confession. Yeah, and it breaks it down, and then so it goes into each like aspect of yeah. our faith, right? And breaks down Christian doctrine that way, um, so that it's really easy to teach for kids. And the, the reason Luther, Luther, the reason Who? Luther oh. wrote it <laughs> is so that parents could teach their own children, or so that you know their um, ministers could just use the resource and teach. So you're not kids aren't missing out on stuff because their parents didn't understand or things like that. Um, and it really also, I mean, that's kind of the origin of, like, as Lutherans, we guard our doctrine so closely, and this is one of the origin points of that, yeah. where you say everybody's learning the same thing yeah. um, in the right way. Like, not it's not like uh, indoctrination. Well, I guess it kind of is indoctrination, but it's not just like whitewashing your brain. Mm -hmm. It's you. It's this is the pure word of God. Here's how you recognize it, you know, okay. which is a really cool tradition to have, and I think it's valuable to keep doing so if you haven't dug into a catechism, it's a great place to start. Oh, if you're, yeah. And if you're going to a new church or something or looking for a church home, again, a great place to start. So, like, hey, show me your teachings. And if they can't provide you something like that, it's a good sign that there is inconsistency there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then there is the large catechism, too. I've never actually seen, like, a hard copy of the large catechism. Well, it looks like the confessions. Like, it's... Right, but, yeah. it's, not, but it's not. And it's, like, major... Right. Basically, it's just essays yeah. from Martin Luther on the topics of the small catechism. Yeah. Rather than it being like the confessions and stuff yeah. like that. The large catechism is just the bigger book. Yeah. But uh <laughs> so something That's why that, it's large. So something that Charlie just mentioned, uh the Book of Concord, the Concordia? Yeah. What it yeah, there's there's multiple ones. Well what's it called? Well, the, it's called the Book of Concord. The Book of Concord. Yeah. So that's another book that again along the lines of sh talking about our doctrine, that's a major one. 
And then uh, one that I'm reading for a class right now, you know, and sometimes I feel bad for saying, you know, oh, I'm doing it for a class because it's like we have to, but at the same time. Yeah, we get to. They're absolutely useful in real life. See, that's a better way to put it. We get to. Um, One that I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that I think is like the user-friendly version of the Book of Concord. I haven't done the Book of Concord, but I feel like it's probably hard to read. Oh, it really isn't. No? Okay. No, I, don't, really I don't know. I mean, it is scholarly writing, and some of it's really old, so it's not like in our modern style. Thinking, yeah. Um, especially if you have a like kind of a background in, well, if you've read this isn't the book some of the, book. I know, that's, oh. um, so fun, okay, introduce it. So this is God So Loved the World, A Study of Christian Doctrine, and it's by Lyle, Lyle Lang. W. Lang. So when I was a sophomore and I had to take that class, Lyle Lang was still teaching the class at MLC, and he wrote Yo. the book. Oh, and there wow. were times where he would close the book or close his eyes while he was teaching, and he would quote verbatim, like, pages on end of his own works. Because yeah. he wrote the book when he started teaching the class because, he, I guess, he thought it was inadequate. Or something. He told yeah. us one day. And he, what was the book that you used before this? I don't, I don't like, know. I can't remember. And it, he didn't use the word inadequate. It was something. It was some other word. But essentially that's what he said was, you know, he was teaching it, and he was like, I need a better book. So he wrote it. <laughs> and then so, and then he taught it for like 30 more years. And there were, yeah, literally times where he would like say, read this ahead of time. And you probably should have read it ahead of time. But I, we wouldn't because he was just going to recite the whole chapter right. to us word for word. And then he would, so when you would read the book, you'd, he had super, a super dry sense of humor. So when you read the book, you wouldn't catch all his jokes. But then when he would recite the book back to you, he would like give you a look, and he would it'd be like a straight delivery. And I can't even think of a good joke, but he would like deliver it like this, and then do one of these. Well, do it to the and, camera. Well, it's like he's like delivery just like this, and then he would pause and go. <laughs> and you knew like that was your cue to laugh, yes. and you had to figure out where the joke was because sometimes he would be like. Do you know why? That's funny. <laughs> it's like, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, really cool. So then every once in a while I'll crack, and I've heard other people say this too, I'll crack that book open and as I'm reading it, I can hear Lyle's voice in my head like awesome. reciting the book to me. It's glorious. He's in heaven now. Yeah. He's sorely missed. And he wasn't the most exciting professor in the world, but it was definitely, it was a great class. Yeah. His and very, book, very useful. So his book... God so loved the world is, I don't know. So far, so the thing is, is like I'm not actually getting to read it as thoroughly as I wanted to because I'm using yeah. it for. Wow, homework that's the way mostly. it works with coursework. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but from even the stuff that I'm just skimming over, it's just so, I don't know, like in depth on everything, mm-hmm. and he goes to a deeper level, and he doesn't care how controversial it is either, like he talks about cults and he talks about you know Mormonism and right. he talks about just everything that we believe mm-hmm. in a very straightforward way and it's while also being easy to read you know that's the thing that can be difficult sometimes is when you have uh provocative writing or you know things that are like this is it it's going to be harder to read because they're going to use harder language a lot yeah. of times i don't think he does that with this book and that's not necessarily what this book does but uh if you ever want deeper insight into god's word and how christianity Lutheranism specifically fits in the world. This is a great book to read. Yeah, well, in, in the MLC curriculum, it's really the first time you get a taste of dogmatics at all, too. Oh yeah. And he he doesn't go crazy on that, but he does say, "Here's what others believe, and here's why this is what we believe." 
um, which is a really, I guess, is your first kind of taste of that and really understanding. Because up until that point, real, and I'm sure a lot of us got a taste. If we went to Lutheran high schools, we got a taste of it in high school too. Yeah. Um, but really, as a, at a college level course, it's the first time you go beyond like, okay, this is what the Bible says, and you go to the, all right, this is what other people believe, and but we plant our faith in Scripture, and you know, the whole world is backing it up kind of idea where you have the dogmatic uh, kind of emphasis to it, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to go along with those, those deep dives, I also re- really enjoyed um, GFW, nope, oh, geez, what's his name? GK Chest, no. George Orthodoxy, <laughs> Orthodoxy by GW Bush. <laughs> it's either okay. Hold on, let me AKA look it up. Professor Pope. <laughs> oh, is it C.S.W. Walther? I think it's Walther. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I'll be right back. Popson likes to refer to him quite a bit. Uh, in the classes. Yeah. I think it's C.F. C.F.W. C.F. I think it's W. Walther. Isn't uh, C.W. Walther? It might be G.K. Chesterton that wrote Orthodoxy. Mm. I have, I've re- I read something by C.F.W. Walter, too. I want to read more. Uh, but Orthodoxy specifically um, kind of emphasizes the idea of, again, like uh, the way uh, Lewis does with mere Christianity, emphasizes, you know, this is what the world thinks of itself. Whereas uh, mere Christianity is, you know, just pure Christianity. Whereas Orthodoxy is here's where all these churches go wrong, here's where Christians go wrong, um, but this is the truth, kind of an idea. And he begins with an examination of like the scientific world and the idea that uh, mathematicians very rarely go mad, but like philosophers go mad all the time. And he's going, why, why is that? What's the deal with that? And the reality is mathematicians are just sitting back and looking at God's creation and trying to figure out, they're not even trying to make sense of it. They're just saying, like they're just exploring creation mm-hmm. as it is and noticing the order and noticing the incredible details that God put in creation. Whereas like a philosopher is trying to take all of creation, all of the universe, and shrink it down small enough that he can fit it in his human sized brain. And it's just not possible. Either you're gonna break either you're going to well, eventually you're just gonna break your brain, <laughs> you know? And you know, they essentially what they do is put themselves at the center of the universe. And when you put yourself at the center of the universe, then you have to be the one in control. And it don't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that was an incredibly difficult read, but completely worth it. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a really good. It's almost a really yeah, good analogy about, like, for that, like, faith. Those who have faith versus those who don't. Oh yeah. In that, when we have faith, you know, we have that perspective of just receiving with open hands everything that God gives to us, whereas, you know, the opposite. Yeah, well, and that idea of, like, all I do have to do is sit back and receive, you know, Um, and and obviously Christ is going to compel me to do things, but my job isn't to control anything, just to sit back and receive, yeah. yeah. That's mind-blowing in and of itself. Yeah, and that's like the first chapter, (laughs) and then he goes on (laughs) beyond that. Like I said, I think it's an 80-page book or 90-page book, and it probably took me a month to get through it, like oh, trying man. hard. It took me a month to get through it. It's a, it's, it's, it's not thick, but it's dense. Um, but it's absolutely worth the read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about books that aren't necessarily books about Jesus that bring you closer to Jesus? You got any? 
So my immediate here comes Gus in his backpack. You know, going back to C.S. Lewis, you can't go wrong with Chronicles of Narnia. Sure. Oh, Chronicles of Narnia are those incredible. Other books. Okay. Well, well, we can talk about your book, well, too. No. <laughs> but So those are awesome. The pictures of Aslan as God, the Father, are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. The Jesus figures there, too. The Christology is unbelievable. Um, you guys read them, right? Some of them. Well, I which in wardrobe is pretty rich too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but have you read them all? I've audiobooked all. Okay. Well, Including the, like the like the prequel and what, like okay. with the wizard and the boy or whatever, yep. or yep. the boy and his horse. I uh, no, the magician's nephew. The, yeah, and then there's then like the line witch in the wardrobe, and then I can't remember. Well, there's another one where there's two rings. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first one. That's the wizard one. Yeah. Oh. The magician's nephew. <laughs> Well, it's the origin yeah. story, essentially. And so yeah. you get to see Aslan creating this new universe. Yeah. And then you get to see Original Sin into the world and all that. And so he wrote it with the idea of we're teaching children about you know, great theological concepts without ta talking about great theological concepts, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. you see this great evil come into a new world and destroy it before the creation is even done. And um, he says, essentially, you know, I'm going to let you tend the garden now, um, but recognize there's going to be great consequences for this evil that's out to the world. Which, I mean, like, it's so, it, it's a simple story for children, which is so incredibly profound. Um, but my favorite, I think my, actually my favorite one of the books is the last one, I can't remember what it's called. The last, might be the last battle, but it's got the unicorn on the front cover, you know. <laughs> and, uh, nice. but, so there's a scene at the end where, um, like they're they're in heaven. Like the world has ended. Like Narnia is over and gone. Spoiler alert. Um, so <laughs> Narnia's gone. It's over. And there's like three different groups of of creatures in heaven. And there's a set of creatures. I won't give too much away, but there's a set of creatures who's in heaven, but they refuse to open their eyes. They don't realize that they're there. And so they're just sitting there in this small little area, and they just stay right there. And then there's another group who who you know sees him and essentially wishes they were back where they were because it was more fun and whatever oh, and then wow. there's the uh then there's a group which just follows the lion who is you know god and just follows him and continues to go further up and further into his perfect world and this idea of you know there's a lot of christians out there there's a lot of people who are just lukewarm there's a lot of people who might have faith but they're keeping their eyes shut you know uh, and then there are those who just sprint for every day, for all eternity, further up and for, and that's the phrase he's using is further up and further in, further up and further in, and they just go. And I I always think of the uh, the like I don't remember where it is in scripture, but the idea of just God's love being an ocean. And I well I heard an analogy once of like the idea of if God's love is an ocean, you can't even see the other side of it. And most mm -hmm. people like kind of dip their toe in the water or maybe wade in like knee deep. And then some brave people like get a rowboat and go out, but they can still see the shore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those, like, what God is really calling us to do is just go. Forget about the shore. Just mm -hmm. go explore. Uh, his, his, you'll never find the end of his love and his mercy. And I, it's just a great, cool, very simple, childlike picture of, of his grace and mercy. And in the same token, uh, Lord of the Rings. I mean, forget about the <laughs> yeah. whole, yeah. forget about the whole dorky subculture. That's because it is. That is, oh, yeah. is a, oh, yeah. a, a, the, even non-Christian dorky subculture that has come into existence where people almost like worship the books, and it's bizarre and it's weird. 
Uh, but again, Tolkien. I mean, Tolkien and Lewis were friends. They were buddies. They were the Inklings, uh, which is actually what my book club would call each other. Actually, I remember now we called each other the Inklings, and then their wife. Well, not my wife. I don't know. I don't. I don't have a wife. Anyway, their wives were like, you guys are having a book club. Oh, no. Okay, anyway. It's <laughs> getting weird. They should cry for help. Beard oils can help you out. Oh, yeah. They just get one whiff of oh. Nate Hensler's beard oil, beard and you'll be set. Hey, if it works oh. for me, I'll let you know. All right. Uh, same likewise. Um, so, the, uh, but anyway, so I, it's a whole, the whole book is Christology. And it, it, there isn't one. That's the other cool thing about the way Tolkien wrote the books is that there isn't one figure who is Christ in the books. There's consistent, like, at different times in the books, different people are Christ in different ways, and this idea of, um, like, you're never going to have one human being or one created being who can you know, encapsulate this. He's so far beyond what we can understand or comprehend, but here's some pictures of what he might be like which is just cool, too. And when you read it from that perspective, it's just so much richer and cooler, well, too. And see, I think a lot of the subculture only comes from the movies, too, though. That's true. the thing is, is, and I haven't read the Lord of the Rings books, so one of the things that I learned, because me and some of the, my buddies are doing weekends, like this weekend we're watching The Two Towers. Uh, last weekend we watched Fellowship of the Ring, and apparently there's some group of people who like, supposedly are what God would be, I don't know who they are, because I, I haven't read the books. But there's like some kind of, well, there's a lot of character characters right. that are left out that would be oh yeah yeah symbolic okay, of more of the yeah. Christian yeah and know, they're all left out of yeah they're all they're left in, out yeah, in the, the Hobbit movies. and in in the Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. well, the Hobbit leaves out even the book at some point. <laughs> I mean, Fair no offense. Like the Hobbit movies, well, they're fun. They're fun modern movies. Okay, yeah. that's the thing. And Lord of the movies, Rings, the Lord of the Rings movies are great movies. They're classics. They're worth watching, but they can't hold a candle to the books. No, yeah, they can't exactly. hold a candle to the books. Well, I think that it's a great adaptation of a good book to film. Um, oh yeah, but it can't hold a candle to the books. Well, and what movie can hold a candle to any of the books they're based off of? Honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, on, I mean, hey, on YouTube, like, put that in the comments. Figure out a movie that does hold a candle to the books. Yeah. You know, all the Harry Potter books. Nope, that doesn't work because. And again, fantastic movies can't hold a candle to the books. Like they're all. It's like it's like, yeah, it's like the books are one thing, and then it's somebody wrote or like filmed the fan fiction of what the books were. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, they were great movies though. Uh, you pulled out some books there. What you got? Uh, so these aren't um, like that. These are still, <laughs> these are life books, if you will. Um, so kind of going back to the, from Dirty to Dancing, this book is called Unspoken, and it's called What Men Won't Talk About and Why. It's by Johnny Hunt, and it uh, really digs into things like pornog pornography, and not only that, but a lot of struggles that, uh, what, did, what was that? Oh, oh. And, uh, <laughs> you're good. And a lot of the struggles that men have in uh, daily life that things that they just don't talk about mm. you know like the lack of communication <laughs> you know like that's one of the things that this covers and yeah. like the men's relationships with people and uh, how things just go unspoken um, I started reading it last year it's it's a pretty good book but I don't know if you guys want to yeah. hold it in your hands and look um, at it what else do you have there? Uh, another book that I have and again see these are you know honestly any high schooler, if not adult, 
uh, men should definitely read that. Not saying that women couldn't yeah. read it, but it is tailored for men. <laughs> so, uh, so, the, so this book I started reading over Christmas break, actually. My dad gave it to me because um, in the past I was definitely more prone to getting upset and angry at things, like, easily. Uh, this is called Unoffendable, and it's called, uh, well, and the subtitle is How Just One Change Can Make All of Life Better by Brant Hansen. Very interesting book, and it goes along this idea, and you know what, I'm going to have to, I'll look up the quote for it, because it's pretty impactful. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, so this book is super easy to read, but I think, honestly, everyone should read it, um, because he's kind of calling out all of Christians, because a lot of the things that he talks about is how we get offended at sin, you know, how we get offended uh, with people who are gay, you sure. know, openly. It's like, oh, we see that person, that offends me. Like, I don't think that's right whatsoever. And how we react to those kind of scenarios. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, like the first couple sentences, he says, okay, so this might sound like the dumbest thing you've ever read, but here it goes. You can choose to be unoffendable. You know, and you're like, oh, what? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think a lot of times as Christians we forget that um, the expectations laid on us by Christ are laid on us because we love Him and have faith in Him, and He wants us to be with Him for eternity. And we forget that we are living in the light, and we can't expect people living in darkness to live as though they are a part mm -hmm. of the light. Mm -hmm. um, and we try and put these expectations for believers on people that are not. They have no reason to live the way we do. And if we're ever going to reach them with the gospel and... I mean, th th there is no reason to live the way we do unless yeah. you have a heavenly goal. And so for people that don't, why should they listen? Why should they behave that way, you know? And so I think that makes a great point. Well, and it's, yeah, and see, the thing is, is a lot of times when we get offended at stuff, it just happens. Like, it just gets triggered, and then boom, we're in this mode, and it's like, oh, that really pissed me off. Well, sometimes it you is know? offensive, but that right. doesn't mean you have to be offended. <laughs> exactly. And that's the crazy thing. He's like... It's a choice we can make. You don't think about it when you're in that moment, but we can choose not to get offended at stuff. And so, I don't know, he, he said one of the things about this book that he would, like, he's very conscious about what this book is, and you can tell in the writing, he uses so many pronouns. Uh, <laughs> but he's, he's like, yeah, a lot of other Christians hate what I'm saying right now, and they hate this book because it goes against what they mm -hmm. have either been taught growing up or have never truly understood. And so, uh, yeah, very interesting book. I would definitely, um, it's not just for people who have anger problems. The thing is, is this goes for everybody. Uh, so this is a great book to throw around. Um, and then, yeah, and then Unspoken, I don't know if you heard me talking about this, but yeah, a little this, bit. Is a good, this would be a good follow-up to the From Dirty to Dancing. Yeah, well, um, I grabbed my copy of it here by Pastor Novotny. It looks like you have, the next book you were going to talk about there is also a Time of Grace book, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so Pastor, is that a Jeske book or is that a Novotny book? No, this is, okay, so this is actually a com compilation. So I just brought <laughs> Meditation. Compilation. I brought... Yes. You know, meditation. Ben is all about this. Oh, yeah. He loves meditations. Yeah. He can talk about it. You should probably talk about it here in a minute. But uh, uh, this book that I have, this yellow one, this is called Grace Moments. And it's a quarterly book that Time of Grace sends out. Um, oh. If you're subscribed to them, and I've definitely bought a lot of Time of Grace stuff in my time. Yeah. A short time. I'm not yeah. that old. Uh, but, uh, and I don't know. I 
I don't know what qualification it took for me to get these, but about every four months, I get a new one of these books. Like, this one covers, or covered, July to September of 2020. Um, okay. And then I have one back right. in the dorm that's for this month. And stuff. Yeah. But a ton of different authors in it. Um, like, in the back, it has a list of them. I know Pastor Mike Novotny's all up in here. Uh, there's Pastor John Enter. I've never, I oh, don't know dude. him. He's a good dude. Uh, but... There's some women in here, too, which is cool. Yeah, uh, um, Naomi Schmidt's in there, isn't she? I think, maybe. I just read a name, Anne Jams? Anne oh, Johns? okay, she's, all, yeah, she's um, familiar, too. But yeah. All Goodwell's names. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure Pastor... Er, Pastor uh, David Sharp is in this? Yeah, that's Professor Sharp, that's what I'm saying, yep. yep. Anne Jams, yeah. Jason Nelson was in this one, Sarah Habin... <laughs> I don't know if they wanted shout-outs on this, but they're getting them. <laughs> they're getting them. <laughs> Pastor well, Matt Ewert. Oh, man. Ewert? Yeah. Linda Buka. Buxa? Buka? Buka? Buxa. And then Andrea Delwich. I don't know. Anyway. Well, they got hey. shout-out now. <laughs> you, you did your best, man. So, yeah. Sorry, well, so, ahead. Pastor Novotny is now, like, the voice of uh, Time of Grace. Well, he's kind of kind of. Uh, no, well, no, well, Pastor Jeske was. Mark Jeske? Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. At, uh, <laughs> who Who's at St. Marcus for, well, he still is, and has been for many years. Um, and now it's Pastor uh, Novotny, who's uh, at the core slash St. Peter in Appleton, and he does uh, Conquerors Through Christ, and he's Time of Grace and all that kind of stuff, and then he writes all these good books, too. The other one that we've talked about a ton, and I advertised a whole lot for it when it came out, was uh, Three Words That Will Change Your Life. I, don't, oh. I think we talked about that. I don't remember when we talked about that. Maybe last week. But it's a great book, Three Words That Will Change Your Life. Um, like it's another one of those that I've, I've had, like, four copies of it. <laughs> and then I give it away, and then I ask him for another one. And he gives me another one, and I, I give it away, and I ask him for another But it's a good book. It's a good sign that it, it's a good book that you're giving it away. What are, um, the, what are the three words? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheese... Chips and beer. That's yeah, it. that will change food. your life. It will change your life. In a negative way. Uh, no. You used to be a sprinter, didn't you? And then cheese, chips, and beer? <laughs> Just the cheese and chips, actually. Just the cheese and chips. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's this um, here, I think. And Isn't it God is here? Oh, God is here. There we go. God is here. God is here. Yeah, I have a God shirt that says that. Yeah. yeah. But it's, a, it's a fantastic book. And it, again, it's a one that's really easy to read. Mm -hmm. Um and it's not necessarily, he always jokes that it's like, because you can't write at a higher level than that. That's not true. Um, it's written so that it's really accessible for accessible for people who, at whatever level, this, it's try, like, not trying to make it hard to know Jesus better, I guess is the best way to say that. Yeah. Um, so I pulled out a couple here. Uh, two before, and then I'll let you let you talk. I'm, we're doing a lot more talking. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. 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 So, hey, we're, um, we're just listeners. Another another good one, um, and, and you can find issues with all these books. None of them oh, are perfect. Yeah, sure. Every single one of them is going to have. So there's going to be some point where you go, I don't know. So read up, take them all with a grain of salt. Uh, but this one, it's called The Weight by Devon Franklin and Megan Good, um, and they're both celebrities. So it's kind of refreshing to hear it take on like a Christian take on marriage for a couple of celebrities um, both of whom had been have like had active sex lives and then like kind of had a renewal of faith if you will and um, mm. became celibate after that until they were married um, and so kind of talking about why they made those decisions and how it changed their lives and and how like eventually it blessed their marriage it's just a really good take on that um, they try and like redefine what celibacy and abstinence are I was like I, instead of they just use the words differently than everybody else 
than like the words actually mean, <laughs> but you can't really do that. Well, like, it's hey, not a, you can't just you can't just say this word doesn't mean that anymore. Well, I guess people do do that all the time. Yeah. But if you if you're willing to take that with a grain of salt, it's a great. Book. Actually, my, I read it and I gave it to both my sisters to read. Um, another C.S. Lewis one is The Evolution of Man. Again, a thick read, and it's not necessarily specifically about manhood, um, but if you're kind of thinking about liberalism, especially in this day and age, and how it affects our kids, uh, this is a great place to start. And I don't really think I need to start and say anything more about it. It's, it is dense, um, but he kind of breaks down, he even starts out by breaking down a like an elementary grades textbook and talking about how just the way the phrases are written kind of devalues masculinity and makes masculinity something that's subjective instead of objective. Mm. Um, and then when you do that, then you essentially take God out of everything because if, if nature is subjective, then why do we need a creator, right? Um, so that's a great one. It was Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. Uh, it was Chesterton, um, and it's, oh, it's so good. It's so hard to read, but it's so good. And he digs into Darwinism and all of it, uh, all of it. And then he, he finishes it um, basically by talking about how just romantic it is to truly be an Orthodox Christian. The idea that uh, God loved me this, not romantic as in like our mind, like romantic, single, like, oh, the romanticism, the romanticism <laughs> of it, you know, that a God sought us out and loved us and did all this. Like it's an incredibly good and wonderful thing that we should appreciate. Uh, and then the last one I want to talk about, I couldn't remember, this is actually why I went over to the bookshelf, because I couldn't remember what the book was called. Um, and he is, Gordon Dalby is extremely um, evangelical. So, again, take it with a grain of salt. When he starts talking about theology, he's not always right. But um, his book, Healing the Masculine Soul, um, How God Restores Men to Real Manhood, is an excellent place to start, kind of from a perspective of a counselor. Um, especially if you don't really want to talk to a counselor. Um, it's a good spot to start just a lot of books for Christian men, you know, talk about what Christian men should be, or they talk about like the wounds of Christian men, and then a lot of them don't bridge the gap between the two and like and actually start the healing process. And this is a really good resource, I think, for helping men recognize like what's like we behave the way we do for a reason. We're all broken and he explores kinda like the biggest and most common reasons why so many men are broken and then explores basically how can we heal from that what are the best ways moving forward it was a great it was an awesome resource for me it was really convicting uh, it was also really again maybe not the best advice especially for young guys but it was really interesting also and kind of strengthened my convictions on lutheranism when he started talking about things that were very much not lutheran that i disagreed with him every once in a while um, but to stretch that, like if you never interact with something that you don't agree with, then you don't really know if you agree or not, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was a good, challenging book for me on that on that front. Uh, I can't I I can't suggest that one any higher either. I, I came out wrong too. But it's a great, it's a fantastic book, um, very very useful. Even if you do have to, you know, again take it with a grain of salt sometimes. Sure. Yeah. So these meditation books, uh, Ben, you've talked to me about them before. You yeah. seem to like them quite a bit. <laughs> I do. So they're like, the reason why I love them so watch. much, sure. <laughs> the reason why I love them so much is just they're, they're short and it's not, you know, <laughs> they're short and easy to read and that I'm also amazed at the same time that they just fit law and gospel in such a practical way in every single page, every, you know, for every day. Um, 
it's just a great way to either wake up or go to sleep by by starting or ending with with this and then it has a prayer with it too yeah and then it just yeah makes you more eager to look more into god's word because it starts with a little scripture verse on top right which ties in with the church here and like what you're actually going through in church so it's kind of a cool week long Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. so i guess uh that's a really good example of a book that gets into like god's actual word word. so uh um kind of following up with that uh what if this is all right what books of the bible like what books of the bible have impacted you guys in a more positive way Oh, well, I mean, not that... Well, they all impact us in a much more positive way than anything else we'll ever read. Right. But I guess which ones have you guys read or which verses... You know you know what I mean. Like, just which parts of the Bible have gotten you guys, like, through life, honestly. Yeah. Well, I would say, uh, for me, it's Romans. And that's where my confirmation verse is from, too. Okay. Um, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose. Um, there's a, there's a, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to take that first, you know, as we, yeah. as we go through it. Um, just knowing that that doesn't mean that everything's going to be great and not everything that you want is going to happen. But no matter what happens, God has your eternal benefit in mind. Um, so just, yeah, looking at every day in that way um, helps you get through it. Especially when you realize that what that means is, is is that salvation is waiting for you in the end. And yeah, every day doesn't really matter in that the end point is already accomplished for us. Mm-hmm. So well said. You should it's be a right. pastor or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so for you and confirmation, did uh, your pastor or your dad? Is it your dad? Yep. That's your pastor. My dad. Okay. Uh, did he give you guys like a list of verses to pick from or did you get just the whole Bible to dig? He he had some suggestions. I think he might have had like 20, 25 mm. common ones that were pretty pretty common. Um, but yeah, he just left it open for us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, me too. Uh, that was another new thing that kind of happens now. Or at my church anyway, because for me it wasn't like that because we got full reign to the Bible, but now it's a whole bunch of verses. So what was yours? from? Uh, mine's Psalm twenty two twenty two. Um, I believe it goes. Uh, I will declare your name to your people in the. Clearly, con- very impactful. It's okay. Really- <laughs> well, and then it, oh, that's not the whole thing, man. Why you, because why you don't need a confirmation passage. Okay. <laughs> I've never. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Gus. Wait, Nathan. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, my confirmation passage is Ephesians 6, verses 10 and 11, the, the introduction to the Armor of God passage. I, I read through it right before choosing my own passage, and I even said to my dad, can I use the whole thing? Because it's just a great <laughs> section. He's like, no, you should, you should probably slim it down. So, verses 10 and 11, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It's, it's just so it. beautiful, especially when you just read through that whole section. And yeah. Honestly, Ephesians is just a great book for me to read, too, especially chapter 2. Verses three through five. It's just straight, long, straight gospel. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful section of scripture. Yeah, it is hard to like even with my verse. I think about that too. That you could continue on um, to the end of chapter eight too. There's just so much good stuff in there. It's hard to cut down and choose one. Uh, with our wedding verse too, we we're picking from Colossians three, 
Um, I don't have it memorized, but <laughs> that whole chapter, I just, I wanted to include it all, but you got to shave it down. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, everybody's going to be there. You'd be for, like, your, your poor wedding, uh, wedding party is <laughs> just standing up there forever and ever. Yeah. Yeah. One, of, one of my good buddies, uh, they, they said, we want a long sermon. And they actually, we all went and sat down <laughs> for the sermon and yeah. went back into the front of the church, which I appreciated. Yeah. With those rented shoes on, I really yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my my uh, confirmation passage is that, that last verse of Beatitudes is, um, well, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who came before you. And at the time, everybody was like, really? That's what you picked as your confirmation passage? And there was also like one of my dad's friends was a uh, music guy, and he had written a song. That like that was the refrain, so it might not have been purely inspired, but it is proven then throughout like well, especially once I got into ministry, it's proven to be exactly the verse that has at least to this point kind of defined my ministry and defined my life. Is that yeah. have you guys found that to be true also, at all? I mean, I, there's sure. there's no better person to turn to than your God, yeah, and your Savior, in any time, happy or sad, sickness or health. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah, when you when you find yourself struggling, where do you, do you is that the part of the Bible you turn to? Do you have like a go to spot where you're just like, nope, this is where I go when I need it? Can I say all of it? <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> Correct yeah. answer. Okay, but you know, it's that can be that can be intimidating, especially for somebody who hasn't done a lot of Bible reading. You're just looking at this book, you know, especially if it's one of those Concordia study Bibles. You're like, I don't even oh, know where yeah. to start. Um, so, like, when when it push comes to shove and you need some Jesus now, what do you do? I have I kind of have two things. One is, you know, just going to Lutheran grade school. I've memorized passages, and that helps so much. But then also, I've it's happened a couple times with other people too when they've need, needed something. I've just literally opened up the Bible. Usually, Psalms is where it lands. Um, Maybe with a little guiding hand, but I <laughs> try to get there. But um, just, it's so weird that anywhere in Scripture really is exactly what you need need to hear at any point. Mm -hmm. I think uh, one of the bigger, well, not one of the bigger parts of the Scripture, but Psalm 51. That's kind of my go-to for whatever is going on in life. Um, that's the Psalm that David writes after uh, him and Bathsheba. That whole situation happens where, you know, he goes and he murders, first of all, her husband. Well, actually, not first of all. First, he commits adultery, and then he murders her husband. And, uh, uh, I mean, Grant, those are two very, ex and again, this isn't a great, you know what? I'm not even going to phrase it like that. Those are definitely two sins. Uh, that <laughs> not a happen. great way to handle your... <laughs> well, I was going to say extreme sins, but the thing yeah. is, it's all sins equal. Yeah, so so you can't really classify yeah. it. Um... And so the thing is, is regardless of what sin you're going through, just the like the repentance that he writes into that psalm, and like the sorrow and guilt that he feels at the beginning of it, it I don't know. Like I think that's a good uh, psalm to go to uh, whenever. Well, for me, whenever I'm feeling down, regardless of what it is that I've done, you know, if I had a, if I well, in the sense of sinning, that is. I mean, it's not necessarily a major like oh i had a horrible day because of other things like that might not be what you use this portion of scripture to but it's like if you catch yourself and you're like man i have just not been in god's word and i've sinned a lot since the last time i have 
Psalm 51 is a great one to go to because you get a, first of all, you get to see David's remorse and you feel that same way. And then you get to the repentance and the joy that having God gives you. Yeah. Having God and the forgiveness of sins in your life gives you. Yeah. So. I like to think about the scriptures being split into, th and this is not like some sanctioned, some, this is just me, <laughs> but uh, I like to think of it in this like kind of three sections. You got the Old Testament, which is examples of sinful men. Like, it's just chock full of examples of sinful men and women who God used anyway. Mm -hmm. right? David is the man after God's own heart oh, yeah. who murdered, who's, he's, who knows how many times he actually committed adultery, but at least once committed well, murder. He had so, like, just so much sin. He didn't take care of his family. His sons were rebellious. That whole shebang. Or Abraham, who is in the Hall of Fame for faith, that says nobody had greater faith than Abraham. And he, like, how many, like, he, he, he lied. He, he lied oh, so many times. It was yeah. and he a doubted so many times. Doubted God's promise yeah. Son. Yep. All just over and over. Told uh, Pharaoh that his wife wasn't his wife, <laughs> and all that kind of nonsense. Like twice. Like it, it did it twice. Yeah. And then Moses, the most humble man ever, gets is so proud that he stands and basically says to the all of Israel, "No, God didn't do this. I'm the one with the power." And, and God's like, well, "Hold on, bro." Yeah. <laughs> you know. Or even um, you look at the Israelites. Yeah. Just this whole cycle. They start sinning, and then they need rescuing from rescuing back and turning back to God. And they say, "We'll stay with you." And it almost seems the next chapter you read on, and oh, nope, yeah, right back at it. And yeah. still. Well, especially with like judges and kings, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we could go for hours talking about it, right? Well, but you yeah. got that section where it's uh, sinful men that God uses anyway, and then you've got the perfect man. Like the Bible isn't kidding when it says Jesus, the author and perfecter of the faith. Yeah. Like there, he is. He's not just a perfect man. He's also perfect at being a man. Um, and a full picture of Christ and who he is and what he is is incredible and phenomenal. And just fun and exciting too, especially when you get a real picture of who Jesus actually was, like making a whip and driving people out of the temple courts, you know, standing in front of the government and church officials and calling them a bunch of snakes, you know, like that kind of, that kind of strength and dignity in a savior, which we, we usually get cotton candy Jesus, right? He's got like a Pantene commercial, he's got fancy hair and all that. <laughs> yeah. So you got that picture of Jesus and then you got the epistles, which are like, all right, what now? Like. Now yeah. go, go, like when Jesus said to the adulterous woman, go and leave your life of sin. This is what that looks like now. Um, and I like to think of it as those three chunks. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, I don't know, I just, I don't remember exactly where I was going with that. That was what But when going. we're doing Bibles, <laughs> when I'm reading through my Bible, I try and skip around from one to the next. Oh, yeah. So I don't want to, like, it's not that I get too much Jesus or something, but like, you know, I'll read one of the Gospels, but then I want to bounce somewhere else and get a different... A yeah. different piece of what he's given me, you know. So I'll go read, you know, First Kings or Second Kings or something like that, or read one of the minor prophets and just hear these laments, and then you get the grace at the end, you know. And just those kind of, it's good to get a whole picture. A lot of times we pick and choose what we like instead of just getting the whole picture of Christ's love for us. You know? Yeah, I don't want to go. It was Thomas Jefferson, right? Who cut cut things that he didn't like out of his Bible. You don't want to go Thomas Jefferson. No, don't be, don't, don't be a Thomas, Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, Ever. Not right. like for any reason. Never be. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> not really. Yeah. See, he did one thing really, really well. <laughs> he did a couple things well. But, yeah. I mean, he did write some pretty important documents and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I guess if you're going to write documents, be like Thomas Jefferson. I, I hate to cut it off, but we're already at about an hour, so we got to get out of here. Um, Gus, where can people find you if they want? Instagram and Facebook, check me out. What's Gustav, your uh, Gustav oh. Wenz is my name. 
just look it up and hopefully you'll what's find your, one. What's your handle? On uh, Instagram, it's something real weird, uh, like Gustaviano Wenzo. Um, and then Facebook, I don't, I don't know, there's not a... And it's W-E-N-Z, right? Yeah, W-E-N-Z, no T. All right, where can we find you, brother? If you're willing you can, to share. You can find me on Instagram, it's just my name, Nathaniel Brower. How do you spell Brower? B-R-A-U-E-R. Okay. Very German name. Yeah, Very it's a good German, German name. name. Ben? I actually, the only social media I have is Snapchat. Okay. So find so. them on Snapchat. So, yeah. <laughs> Quick ad. Add them on Snapchat. <laughs> portal. Yeah. Portal. Portal. He's stock him. Portal. <laughs> portal stock him. All I right. think before we go. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. For those of you who are listening, I think it, it goes, we have to mention this, just the attire that we're wearing. Oh, yeah. Because we're on opposite ends of the table. Gus and Charlie just Did great, it on purpose. great Hawaiian Did it on shirts. purpose because we are having Colorful a Minnesota shirts. heat wave this okay. today. And then you look at Ben and was, I. It's Ben. Sweaters so Gus has, been wearing, Gus has been wearing his Hawaiian shirt all day. This is what fair. I've been doing all day and flip-flops. And flip-flops and shorts. But it's been below zero at least at some point during the day for like two weeks straight now. Yep. And today, right oh. now, it's like 17 degrees. Oh, yeah. It is a Minnesota heat wave, so we're breaking out the Hawaiian shirts yeah. to celebrate. You can find me at uh, on Instagram at girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. You can find me on Facebook. Just look up my name or type in girdup. Um, you're watching on YouTube probably already. If you're listening on watching on YouTube, you can listen to our podcast on any major podcast platform. Join the Girdup community on Facebook. I think that's it. Check out the website. It's coming. Look for new shirts and gear also coming down the pike. I actually made a Mart we're gonna make a Marty's Muscle Torium shirt. So it's Martin Luther flexing. Yeah. I had to work really hard to get rid of all the chins. Martin Luther had a lot more chins than I realized. Well, in, so when in, you put him on a shredded body, in it's art, kind of in art yeah. of Martin Luther. Yeah, it's, yeah. You might not have been uh, I I've been i I've been telling people it's like the Night George era. So he had lots of time to work out. You know, he was in hiding, he had lots of time to work <laughs> yeah, out. He, he had to pretend we, he was he a was, knight. He was you like know? us right now. Except yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> he was quarantined. He was like translating the Bible. He was quarantined. He was working out a ton, translating the Bible, making sure he like buff. That's how they pulled a nun, right? She was like, oh, yeah. he wouldn't have been able to pull like, a knife if he wasn't shredded. Yeah, so. you don't get a nun. Anyway, <laughs> don't be the man, God created you to be. We'll see you next time. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.